Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another Players Profile and Projection, because there's two of them in this episode. Did you get it, Jerry? Did you like it? I was on the fly. I, I did. I, I thought at first the apostrophe was before the S, and mm. now I see that it's just it's just after. So I, I like, love it. Good work. I like the Johnny on the spot grammar you got going there. We got <laughs> two pitchers today. Tyler McGill and David Peterson, who both will be competing for a shot in the starting rotation or finding themselves potentially in another role. Wink, wink, wink. I'm going to talk about that. All right. Uh, I'm excited for these two. I think they're both young, hungry starters looking to really establish themselves in the big leagues. To me, these are like the most, this is the biggest transformative years for guys because you chase your whole life trying to be a big leaguer and you get there. And now you have to refocus what your goals are because you, you did it. Now what? How do I stay there? And that is the evolution of baseball. And that's why guys sometimes, you know, peter out and some actually establish themselves and even elevate themselves. And so it's, it's an exciting time for these two as, a, as professionals in their career. Uh, and they're two really good pitchers. Yeah, I think it's really interesting that we we start the episode with that thought because it's not really something you ever think about as a spectator, like because you never want to be like, I'm going to get to the big leagues. And once I'm there, I'm going to succeed. The thought is always like one step at a time, one challenge at a time. But these are both of both of these guys have had success at the big league level in short spans. Now the question is, how long can they have success at the big league level? Can they stay up there? Can they pitch a full season? And it's interesting to me because they had success in back-to-back years. They didn't come up and succeed simultaneously. I sort of think of them sort of like uh, when Rob Gazelman and Seth Lugo came up in 2016, and they were huge pieces for the Mets down the stretch. They succeeded at the same time, and then they went and diverted into different paths. With Peterson, he came up in that 2020 rotation that was admittedly awful with like Michael Walker and Rick Porcello and just no real pieces to put anything together. And he was like the number two behind Jacob deGrom, which is a huge role to step into in your first stint in the big leagues. And with Tyler McGill, it was kind of a similar situation. A lot of depth went away from the Mets very, very quickly. And they dug into his bag pretty early in the season, like in June. And he came up and his first seven starts were incredible, but the Mets had to lean on him a little bit longer than they lent on David Peterson. And now in 2022, it's another one of these cases where it's like, what are we going to get out of these guys? We don't really know them all too well. We just have these really interesting short spurts that we've seen them in. Yeah, man, I, that's that characterizes it well. Um, in 2020, David Peterson splashed on the scene and really impressed me. Um, polished for his, you know, his kind of youth. Um, and then 2021, he had a rough start to begin hurt his lat and then had a Jones fracture in his foot, which is a semi-common, you know, athlete more, you see it more in like basketball and football. Uh, But it's a pretty easy thing to come back from. They put a screw. It's like, if this is your foot, it's like here. And then they just screw it and it heals up fine. I don't think listeners on podcasts right now are so confused. Yeah. The listener. So it's like not at the toes, (laughs) but it's like back further in your foot. Anyway, it's unimportant again, (laughs) silly thing that I know about that I shouldn't doesn't matter, but Uh, It shouldn't be an issue this year. And uh, I think both of these, you know, when uh, I'll go, but now for Tyler McGill, he showed up last year and I kind of not wowed. It's not like a Dustin May burst on the scene, but I saw a a ceiling that was really high for Tyler McGill. 
Um, and I was very impressed with him. Even down the stretch when his numbers kind of weaned, I really loved his mound presence. Um, I loved the way he attacked, and I think he had some bad luck towards the end, and, and he was just tired. He'd never had a season that long coming off of no season in 2020. Like he just, I think a lot of guys just got tired and, and you could see it, but he didn't allow it to get to him. Uh, but he, he, I was impressed by both guys. I think they're both going to have a good career in the big leagues. Um, so what do you, do you, do you think the, where do you think they fit? Yeah. So that's, that's the big question. I mentioned at the beginning of the episode that they might find themselves in different roles and it's for different reasons. The David Peterson reason is kind of obvious. It's because the Mets don't have a great lefty in the bullpen right now. They have Chase and Shreve and Alex Claudio competing for a spot, both of whom are having great springs. So shout out to those guys, but David Peterson could become that kind of weapon. I don't know exactly how the Mets would use him there because he is sort of a, a stamina guy. That's one of his strengths that he can go deep into games and stuff like that. But I mean, uh, he's another one of these guys that uh, had a great 2020, a 3.44 ERA and just about 50 innings with a 1.2 whip. Last season, as you mentioned, those stats ballooned. He struggled a bit with a 5.54 ERA. The big thing that's always been a nail in the side for David Peterson has been the walk numbers, a 4.3 walk per nine and 3.9 walk per nine between his uh, first two major league seasons. Whereas with Tyler McGill, the big thing that I noticed was a huge home run number with a 1.9 home run per nine uh, in 2021. I mentioned at the top of the show that McGill also had a great start to the season. And I think that was before, you know, his arm kind of was giving out on him a little bit. In his first seven starts, McGill pitched 35 innings and had a 2.04 ERA. And these are not against Joe Schmo teams. These were the Braves three separate times. And you know how tough it is to pitch against the same team multiple times, especially consecutively. He also faced the blue Jays and the brewers with Willie Adamas in there. So those were tough teams to face in your first stint in the major leagues. And I think that Tyler McGill, like you said, his presence, I really took that. Well, he kind of has that bulldog mentality and he doesn't really seem like he's a rookie. So I think that he also could be a bullpen piece, but I'd much rather see Tyler McGill emerge in the rotation a little bit further in 2022. So as far as role goes, I don't think we'll see either one of these guys in the bullpen at all. Okay. Um, and you you mentioned that Tyler McGill would be a better weapon out of the bullpen. I think that would be clear because his stuff is more swing and miss. Um, but, you know, we're recording this now and the the Friday on the April 1st, and it came out last night that Jacob DeGrom has some shoulder tightness in the back right. of his shoulder. Right. Um, you're going to have these moments where you need depth in your rotation. And both of these guys are clearly the cream of the crop when it comes to starters that we have behind our big guys. And we have age in Scherzer and DeGrom. We have uh, some inconsistently, especially in the second half for Taiwan Walker. We have Cookie Carrasco coming off of a uh, major injury, a uh, major up and down year and a, and a, and a, some question marks there. And, and so we're going to have, you know, Bassett took a line drive off of his face last year, you know, what crazy things happen. So we're going to need depth in the rotation. And these are our two best options behind our big four guys. Um, five, you know, however you want to state it. Uh, these are our guys. And so even if they're not in the big leagues, they're going to be getting length in the rotation in AAA. I would be shocked to see it unless we're going down the stretch and Tyler McGill is dominant and we have all of our health. 
and you need to move him because you need an extra weapon and you don't want to waste his arm by not pitching him. I can see him being moved uh, in the bullpen when you want to do a playoff run kind of thing. But outside of that, these guys are starting pitchers. Yeah, I definitely, the big thing for me is like, how long can you last until you reach into the McGill Peterson back? Because I think that if you are able to wait a little bit longer and not make these guys throw so many innings, you're going to be better off for it. And whether that comes by having them spend time in the bullpen as well, or just having them stay in the minor leagues a little bit longer. I think that if the Mets can hold out and stay healthy until like that June, July area where McGill came up last year, I think that both of these guys are going to be much better off for it. There is going to be a competitive nature between them. The one thing I want to note about Peterson that I found really interesting is that he's actually a guy with pretty similar career splits between righties and lefties. He's not really like a lefty killer by any means, which kind of defeats his, you know, bullpen narrative that I mentioned before. A 231 batting average against him, 749 OPS with righties, and then a 242 and 681 with lefties. So he's pretty consistent between those. Obviously, in 2021, those numbers both spiked up, but we're still, you know, consistent between them. Whereas Tyler McGill, much better against righties gets a lot more swing and misses with a 200 batting average against and 577 OPS lefties killed him last year, 315 and 995 on the OPS there. Um, I did a Tyler McGill video earlier in the year that uh, a lot of people enjoyed. A lot of people saw the thumbnail and got pretty Very up controversial. Arms. Very, Very controversial. People were talking, Jerry. That's the yeah. Goal. That's people what you do. Were talking. Yeah, exactly. that was a very you know mechanically you 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 compared him to to Degrom. Right. Um. And I I get it. I mean, you you see it. So uh, I think. David Peterson is uh, their different style of pitchers. And again, it's not fair. I think David Peterson could be more effective against lefties. He needs to develop that, that breaking ball. He doesn't have conviction to throw it. I think he threw like seven last year or something. Um, and his slider is pretty good. And that's why he's good against righties because he can back foot it. But if he could do some things against lefties, he can, he can elevate. And also with Tyler McGill, I think he has a good changeup and it could get better because of how good his fastball is. Um, I think he's got more Giolito with the ability to kind of use that forcing fastball. And then if he can develop that changeup effectively off of that, um, I think he could do some really good things, especially against lefties that, that'll kind of neutralize them. Yeah. Um, I think they're both really good. I think Peterson is, is a little bit more of a, Back end starter uh, is potential, and I think Tyler McGill is a two-three kind of potential. I'm going to agree or with maybe you. Maybe even could push his way into uh, a number one, not a true ace, because of just how incredible their arms are in today's world of of elite, you know, hundred mile an hour throwers. He's not in the Degrom Scherzer territory, but he he could be in that, you know, Aaron Nola, you know, kind of really good number one for a team. Like it's wild. Yeah. um, You mentioned confidence before, and I think that's a huge thing that really uh, contrasts these guys. We mentioned that Tyler McGill is like kind of a bulldog and like you can look at his zone splits on baseball savant and he attacked hitters last season, regardless of where it was in the season. The reason that I compared him to DeGrom was I was comparing him to a 2016 Jacob DeGrom, which is a very different DeGrom from the one that we know now. The reason for that is that the average miles per hour and vertical movement of their four-seam fastballs are identical. 2021 McGill and 2016 Jacob DeGrom, they're the exact same pitches. Obviously, DeGrom's is a far different pitch now, but that outlines sort of a developmental path that maybe the Mets can take 
with McGill since they've already done it with one pitcher. Aside from that, the confidence thing is a big thing for David Peterson because I think I agree. I think he needs to figure out a way to become a lefty specialist. That's a really good way to solidify his spot with the Mets in 2022 because they don't they don't have that right now in the rotation or in the bullpen. And I think that's something they're going to be sorely missing once the season kicks off and we're we're underway. I, I don't see it for Peterson. I don't see that happening. I, again, his value is too high as a starting pitcher. I don't think his stuff plays well enough to be a lefty specialist, and nor do I want him. I think he's a very, you know, this is sounds kind of bad, but I think he's a very league average starting pitcher, which is not a bad thing to say because the league is very good, and he has all of the makings of being a solid starting pitcher. Not everybody can do that. Um, I couldn't do that. You know, he's, he's a big body, a tall, big, strong guy that could, that could be a backbone piece of an organization. We don't need him right at the moment to step up and do anything, but be depth. Um, he might slide in there early and often. I think for me personally, Tyler McGill is numbers. What have you done for me recently? You know, Peterson kind of struggled at the start of last year and then got injured, Tyler McGill kind of is the guy behind those guys. And then it's Peterson. So if there's a spot open, I think more often than not, it's going to be McGill that fills that slot, but Peterson is going to get his reps. He's going to be valuable to this team. I think it would be a travesty to this team and to him and his development. If they tried to move him to the bullpen, because it's only going, he needs to throw. He needs to develop. He needs to be a weak contact guy versus a try to strike out everybody. Whereas McGill is like a swing and miss style pitcher, like a power pitcher. So the uh, 2022 steamer projection agrees with you. They think that McGill is going to get 81 innings versus Peterson's 26 next year. And whether that means Peterson is going to get a lot of reps in AAA, which I think would be good for him as well. They also kind of see them as similar pitchers, uh, sort of at the back end of the Mets rotation, uh, an ERA around 4.1. Uh, they see Peterson's uh, walk per nine staying pretty high at that 3.7 mark. But these are both guys that could fill out the end of the Mets rotation. The worst case scenario, in my opinion, is when you come to have to use both of them and rely on them both down the stretch. And that's something that the Mets don't want to find themselves in, which is why the seasons going forward for Cookie and Taiwan specifically are really important to me, because those are the guys that you want as your four and five, the established major league guys that have done it before, have pitched full seasons before. And you can let these young guys develop at their own pace, a pace that's comfortable for them. Because like you said, both of these guys' ceilings can be pretty high. I'm a little bit higher on McGill, obviously, because of the swing and miss stuff. But Peterson has shown spots of brilliance before in 2020. So I'm hoping that the 2022 season doesn't need to rely on these guys as much and they can shine in the spots that they're given. I think they're both really good and going to have a really good career. I, I just see, you know, there's going to be a scenario. It's very possible right now with DeGrom, if it turns out to be something and he has to start the year, not even on the DL or IL, but more on the uh, I'm going to miss two starts. Um, kind of thing. And then you slide McGill in there and Scherzer's one, Bassett two. And then you have, you know, Cookie Carrasco looks to be the the three behind that. And if Taiwan Walker is not ready because he had to start a little bit later, then that's David Peterson. And then they'll cycle through that. They're going to both be needed. I think, again, McGill is the guy that they're going to rely heavily on and, and really want him to be pitching. Whereas Peterson is more of a safety valve. Yeah. But he will have significant innings or has a possibility to have significant innings 
all things being equal, we, I don't want to see Peterson very much, not because of he's not good enough. That's just means that we, we are missing a piece that we were needing to be uh, uh, more competitive and he could step up and be better than these guys. I'm not saying that, but again, all things being equal, he has options. He's young. They're going to move him, and other guys are stepping up. So, um, and sort of like, Sorry, yeah, one more thing. Sort of just in defense of Peterson, he's coming off the injuries that we mentioned before. McGill also threw 130 innings last year, which is more than Peterson's thrown since 2019 in the minors. So, I mean, Peterson, he only had 49 innings in 2020, 66 innings in 2021. You should work him back up cautiously. You, you should not want to see a lot of Peterson until maybe the second half of the season, just to protect a guy like that who can still be good at the major league level. That's all. Absolutely. And, and don't, I hope, I hope that I don't want to like cap his ceiling by any means. He could still be incredible. He's only 26 or something. What's he going to be this year? He's a 2017 pick. So he's still young for sure. How old is he going to be here? Let's, let's see this. He's going to be 26 years old this year. So like there is so much room for growth for him. I don't want to, I just, I'm more, I think he's, a very good pitcher. And I just feel like McGill has an ability to be special. And that's the difference, you know? And again, it's, 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 you know, he's 26, man. Come on. We'll say for over unders. Do you want to take one on McGill or you want to take one on Peterson? I'll let you pick. I kind of want to do both at the same time. Wow. Okay. Oh, my, they're, they're my over unders are the same category. Mm, okay for both pitchers and they are game started okay all right and so for mcgill i think he's going to be an established piece i think they're going to rely on him a little bit more i did some math on the 162 games math pod and yeah yeah math pod and i i kind of started to subtract the amount of starts i think scherzer and bassett and degrum and and there's just a limited amount of starts left um, to, you know, and if I think, like I said, I think McGill's going to be getting those chances and I think he has a good chance to, to solidify himself. So I put the over under on game started on McGill at 16 and a half. He's projected from fan graphs to get what, what's the number? Do you have it right in front of you? Yeah, I have. 81 innings so that sort of feels like 12 they have they have they have him slated at 13 starts and 23 games but it's like all their projections models it's 13 starts 17 17 13 13 and then 24 wow okay so like those numbers are high so i put it at 16 and a half that number and it's tough that's really tough because like you have to think about what what will the Degrom news be? Uh, does McGill beat out Peterson? Does Cookie or Ty not have it anymore? Like how how is McGill going to get these looks? Is the real question here? Because it's not a, a question of quality. I think the Mets believe in McGill, and like we both believe in McGill a whole lot. Sixteen and a half is a huge number. The only reason, okay, so I am going to take the under, and then the only reason I think I am is because I kind of believe in the steamer projection that it's going to be a lot of bullpen appearances and game started. I think that Got McGill it. is going to morph into like this swingman. The Mets will keep at the major league level, but not always have in the rotation. I think they're, they're hooked on him. They really liked what they saw at the beginning before his arm waned a little bit towards the end of the season. 
But at the same time, you got to protect McGill and you want to keep him with the Mets. So I think that, yeah, I think he maybe turns into like a two inning monster out of the bullpen, which like I wouldn't want to face that guy for sure. Um, but I don't think he gets to 17 games started. I don't believe it. So I'm going to take the over here. I like it. And I think he is going to earn that spot. I think he's going to be the fifth guy due to some something in the to start the year and i think they just continue to find a reason to keep him they'll give a guy a a day off and move people around and he i think he will be a kind of a sixth man rotation where they're starting to lean and give cookie a rest taiwan a rest here degrom a rest scherzer even maybe i don't see scherzer allowing that to happen but I think he works his way in and I'm going to take the over. I like it. I can see him being pushed into the bullpen late for a team that's trying to compete and even into the playoffs possible and they they use him out of the bullpen. So I don't see that. I don't see it happening early, but again, it could be, but I think he's going to make over this amount of starts. So I, I did that for McGill and for David Peterson, I put it at nine and a half, nine and mm. a half games started. Okay. You want me to go for it? I'll let you go first. That was fun for me. Okay. So you, you kind of sold me on Peterson, not really being applicable to the bullpen. You kind of sold me on that. I don't believe in it as much as I used to. Nine and a half is such an interesting number. Cause now you're, cause I do believe McGill's higher in the food chain. Like we, we sort of agreed on that. So like, if there's a look, McGill's going to get it first. Now you're entering the territory of like, okay, now we're down two guys. Now we need to dig into the Peterson bag and whatever else is in the minor leagues. Go ahead. So if Peterson and him are both, uh, Peterson and McGill are both in AAA, their starts might not always line up. Like you might need a guy that's on a different day. So there's that possibility too. I think, yeah, I think the Mets try and stretch out their guys when they can, even though, you know, a guy like Max Scherzer probably won't enjoy that. Um, and I think that, yeah, that's an important thing to note as well. Cause the, you know, if Miguel pitches the day before, he's not going to come up and pitch for you then nine and a half. If, if, so there, if, let me give the projections here. So while you're thinking, so on all the zips formulas, they have zero, like only two different have two appearances out of the bullpen. Yeah. Like they just pick, it looks like a piggyback possibility, but it's five starts, 14, 14, five, five, 19 are his predicted starts. So it's kind of all over the place from 90 yes. innings all the way down to 23 innings. I'm going to take the over. Uh, it's not a, yeah. it's not a confident over in my opinion. I think that like, he'll get like 10 max. I just think nine and a half is such an interesting number. And like, I'm sort of scarred from 2021. Like I want a guy like Peterson you know, to not come up as much as, you know, a guy like McGill, but at the same time, like I need, we need to protect the guys at the top. And like, if they need time to rest, like I'm perfectly fine with Peterson getting 10 starts, whether they're 10 quality starts, I have no idea, but I think that, yeah, I think he gets those looks, maybe not as many looks as McGill, but I'm going to take the over. Nice. And I am going to take the under here. Ah. And it's simply because I think that McGill's going to run away with it. And I'm banking on the health of the other guys in the rotation. I, I think they're just not going to be enough, enough starts to go around. I, I, you know, and again, if he makes those starts, good for him. I'm happy for him. He deserves them. Uh, he's, I mean, deserves is a strong word, but he is in line to be one of the guys. It's very possible that you that you have those, but you only have 162 to go around. And on this math pot of ours, I took the under. Between the J.D. Davis episode we just did and this episode, four over-unders, and we disagreed on 
all of them wild good for the content yeah i agree man and 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 as much as 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 weary as you were on this david peterson nine and a half number that's how i felt on all of jd davis's because you know so it's good it's that's i mean we're making strong content here be it all right guys thank you for tuning in to our latest ppp there are just two left and if you're familiar with the mets roster you probably know who they are two pretty big guys if i do say so myself the last two before opening day rolls around and we're back in mets baseball swings i'm excited for that but until then let's go mets let's go mets we'll see you soon